0: This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Welcome to another episode of Business by the Numbers. I'm your host, Hunt Emmerich, CPA with Parmels Associates. Working on your customers' vehicles have obvious costs, right? There's overhead, payroll, advertising to get people in a door, but there are also costs if you don't do anything as well. Whether it's the cost of choosing to do the internal work versus retail work or short-sighted decisions that cost much more in the long run, this is such an important topic to understand, I figured what better time to talk about it than today. Before we get into that, I just want to stop and say thank you to you and the rest of the dedicated listeners. Quick shout out to all the awesome feedback and questions I've received recently over the last week or two, um, at least three or four really, really good questions. If you do send a question to parmelis.com, I will answer every single one without fail. And a lot of those have actually turned into episodes that you've previously heard. So if you got a question, ask it. If you need specific details for yours, yeah, I'll give you the answer for yours as much as I can, right? Some of this stuff, it's a little bit hard, but I give everyone at least some direction to go back to, hey, this, this, or this, ask your accountant to be double sure. But a lot of this stuff isn't really super technical. It's just the ideas behind it. Or maybe you missed a previous episode where I have covered this. We've got a little bit of a special one next week. So a little bit of teaser on here. Next week is our first like mailbag episode, right? Where I'm going to go down through a couple of the questions I've got recently, which probably aren't long enough to do a whole episode on each of them. So kind of do a couple on it and hopefully get you guys pumped up to send in some more questions. Because like I always say, if you wonder it and you're going to reach out and ask me that question, there's probably a ton of shop owners in your same shoes that are like, ooh, I wanted to ask that as well too. So don't be scared. I'm not going to charge you for sending me a message, asking a question on it. And hey, worst case scenario, if you stump me, then I'll give you a shout out as well. And no, I'm not going to share your sensitive information that you sent to me. But the ones that I am going to go through, there's probably things in there that probably have some basis in your reality as well. Hey, are you going to be in Kansas City for vision as well? Well, lucky for you, I will be out there as well, too teaching two classes or one class on Thursday, and then I have a roundtable discussion on Friday. So if you're signed up for those, please come up and say hi. If not, we have the trade show that goes on, I think every single day. I have a booth there with some books to hand out, benchmark. And if you just want to come by and say hi, we'd be happy to see you as well. If you are at Vision, come stop by. If you have not been to Vision before or plan to go, do it. It's an awesome time. Uh, Sherry and the Moalca crew put on a great event there, um, and it's always great to see you guys and, and catch up. So hope to see you. Stop by and say hi. Lastly, I cannot forget about our dedicated sponsor Napa Tracks and Promotive for being loyal supporters of the show as well. Hey, did you know Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets you to learn more about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Visit them online at napatrax.com. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. Are you tired of writing ads that don't generate one good candidate? Introducing Promotive, a full-service staffing solution for your auto repair shop. Go beyond the job boards and let them find your next rock star. They do all the heavy lifting for you. Visit them online at gopromotive.com. So the idea this week is something called opportunity cost. You can see the title of the episode is the true cost of inaction, right? That is more or less what opportunity cost is. It's the definition of opportunity cost. The cost of doing something else, but it's a cost of doing something other than something else. There's two variables in this equation. So you know that the cost of one thing, right? You're talking about what is my cost of advertising? That is a tangible cost. But then on the flip side, The opportunity cost of not advertising is what? Lost revenue and stuff like that. There is another aspect of this, another level I want to get into on this, but let's kind of hammer home a couple of the basics one and and really some of the most common things that we see opportunity costs used for in a shop. Let's talk about an aspect that every single business owner, shop owner, and probably American can understand here. The question is, how much does it cost to sit on your couch? No, not like how much did it cost, the TV, the house, and all that, right? It's free, right? Don't overthink this aspect of it. It's, you know, the old adage of, oh, I want to go out. I want to, you know, go see a movie. Let's go eat out. What did your mom and dad say? We have that here. It's come full circle, and I say that to my kids, right? Anything out, whether it's a bottle of water that has, you know, a squeeze top or something, it's much better than whatever's at home. I get it. Anyways, back to what we were talking about here of what is the cost of sitting on your couch and the direct cost of that is nothing, right? It's free, you've already paid for this stuff, it doesn't cost you anything to do that. You don't have to pay a cover fee, you don't have to pay any sort of admission to your couch. The, where the opportunity cost comes in is when you look a little bit deeper. What if your friend said that they would give you a 100 bucks if you could come help them out? Hey, I'm moving, hey, I wanna get rid of my water bed, whatever it is, and I need an extra set of hands. Want to come help me out? I'll give you a hundred bucks, buddy. Now, that's pretty cool because generally, if anyone knows this, when a friend asks you to move, that is always free. Maybe you get some pizza for it, or maybe they give you something crappy that they don't want, but you know, that's what friends are for. Instead of doing that, because you're like, you know what? I don't even trust Gary to give me a hundred bucks, or you know what? Maybe Gary is going to give me a hundred bucks, but moving sucks. I don't want to do it. So instead, you decide to sit there and watch TV on that couch you paid for, TV you paid for, and a house that you paid for that we've already agreed is free. So the cost of watching that TV is still zero. It's all paid for. But the opportunity cost is actually $100. If you did not sit on the couch and you chose to actually go and help Gary move that bed, you could have made $100. Lost opportunity, hence the cost. Kind of a clever name that they got there, opportunity cost. It's the cost of losing out on an opportunity. Virtually everything in your life has an opportunity cost. And if you really go down and you think about it, it will make you crazy. Because what is the opportunity cost of sleeping? You could be up, you could be trading in Chinese stock market because ours is going to be closed when you're sleeping. You could be Ubering while you sleep. Now, another aspect of that is, again, this is like you can go so deep on this. All right, so you're looking at this of saying, hey, I'm never going to sleep anymore. I'm going to be awake 24 hours so I can make all of this money. But what is the cost of that? Right. And I think it takes, what, 48 hours of no sleep on it where you start to hallucinate and get some pretty crazy stuff. So, yeah, that's great that you made four grand because you stayed up for three days straight and then died shortly after because you went into psychosis. I wanted to give you an extreme example of that. But when you get down and you look at opportunity cost, it can get pretty crazy because where does it stop, right? Where is that opportunity where you're like, you know what, it's just not worth it. In a shop, there are many examples of this, and they might actually change the way that you do or look at some common things. I'm going to do one here, and we're actually going to do two this episode, but the first one is the most common one. The most common one is loaner cars. I'll give you an example of how you're probably looking at the loaner car right now and what kind of changes people's mindset. There's an aspect in here that you might be a little bit curious about where you're like, oh, that's why people do it this way. But enough teasing, let's just talk about it. So typical situation that I see is the classic example of a customer comes in, has a major repair. It doesn't make sense for them to do it. They don't want to do it, whatever it is. Shop says, you know what? It's mostly a labor job on this, so our cost is very low. You know where this is going, but you decide to buy it and you say, "You know what? I'll give you five hundred bucks for that." Right, and we'll call it a Honda Accord right now. That Honda Accord, I know it's not worth you putting an engine, paying me to do that, but it's probably worth me keeping it and throwing an engine in there because that thing will run for a while. Good car, but doesn't make sense for to get them. You offer them, let's say, two thousand bucks for it. You laugh to yourself that you got a great deal. This car goes for eight thousand all day, but you're only into it about two thousand. Remember, this thing has a major. We're gonna say engine problem, right? It's got a bad engine, bad transmission, whatever. It doesn't run right now. But don't worry, you can go and you can grab one for the junkyard for a thousand bucks. So now you're gonna only be into this car for what? Three thousand bucks? Sure beats buying one for eight thousand dollars now, doesn't it? Or does it? We're into it about three thousand dollars altogether, right? We paid two thousand for it, we paid a thousand bucks for the motor. Our labor isn't actually free, is it? So if we say that that job and don't come yell at me and don't come send me a message, hey, you moron, this doesn't take 30 hours, right? We're just hypothetical here, guys. This is the most complicated Accord engine swap you've ever seen, right? But it's going to take us 30 hours on here. And generally to a retail customer, we sell our labor at $150 an hour. Now you might be saying to yourself, well, but I'm not actually paying them that much, right? I only pay the guys 35 bucks an hour flat rate. This only makes sense, right? You can only use that $35 if the guys are just standing around. If you have guys just standing around, or even one guy that doesn't have retail work to do, then the opportunity cost doesn't really make sense. Now, there's other aspects of that, and I would argue, hey, if there's something to fall back on, maybe they will, versus if there's no safety net, maybe they're going to go look for work. But in the grand scheme of this, you need to look at it of, hey, I need to be doing what I need to do, getting cars in the door so that my guys are never staying around and there's always opportunity cost of not working on retail work. But let's go back to that. So we spent $3,000 in parts, including the car, which we were calling a part in this one. And then we spent another, what, 6,500 bucks on the labor. Now we didn't spend it, but that's what we spent because we didn't have retail customers in there for 30 hours or almost an entire week for one technician. Now think to yourself how much a week of revenue is for one of your technicians, And you might be thinking to yourself, hun, I think this is actually worse than what you're even thinking. But remember we were going back and we're laughing of, man, this is such a sweet deal. We got an 8,000 car for $3,000. Now we look at it this way, we just got an $8,000 car for 9,500 bucks. We are not very happy about that at all, are we? Right, and you see this time and time again. Any of you guys that do restoration work, tiptoe in it, used to do it, you know the economics of that really just don't make much sense. For a lot of cars, there's obviously exceptions to this. There's ways that you can do it, but there's cars out there where it's a 20 grand car, $60,000 restoration, you're 80 grand in, the market's only going to pay you 50 for it. And so it's one of these things where you look at it and it's like, unless my labor is really cheap or I'm doing it myself, it doesn't make sense. But even if you go back to that, oh, I did it myself. Well, what is your time worth? Well, what do you mean? I enjoy doing this. Well, you have a job, right? You work for someone else and they pay you $35 an hour. So instead of 150 hours, you decide to, you know, restore that El Camino, you could have been working. Maybe not your regular job, maybe a part-time job. There is always opportunity cost, even on the personal level. So this is one of the biggest things that we always preach to our clients and really any shop owner out there of looking at all of this kind of stuff as retail rates. Do I run this through TechMetric? Do I run this through Napa Tracks? Do I do a discounted amount? No. I always tell people, hey, run this at full retail. A lot of times this is a big wake-up call for people because this is an extreme situation. And like I said, I had to make up the hours on it to kind of illustrate this. But you probably could be thinking to yourself, man, you know, we got that junker that's out there that every probably two months, we got to throw another 150, 200 bucks of parts into that thing. If you start factoring in this, you might notice, wait, we're averaging, we're spending about five to 800 bucks a month on this thing in retail pricing. Wouldn't this maybe make more sense to just ditch this junker and go out and get a Corolla? Right, We can finance it for like 450 bucks a month. This is also not factored in the opportunity cost of you know the car breaking down. If you're a customer in a loaner car of your mechanic and that loaner car breaks down, do you feel super confident about the work that they're doing on your vehicle? Right, There's so much to this. I get it. It's a luxury to have loaner cars in general. It's a luxury to have new loaner cars. But you might be thinking to yourself, Well, I have a junker right now and it actually is costing me more than what that new one is costing me. So this is one of those things where looking at this from different avenues and different angles on this might completely change your mindset of your business as it has a lot of shop owners out there. Does it make sense for your shop? It all depends. Only thing I want you to do is take a look in the mirror and see if it does. See if this makes sense. See if this makes it look stuff differently. And if it doesn't, it doesn't mean you're missing something. This is not Advice that works for everyone. This is not even advice that specifically works for anyone. This is just my thoughts when I'm looking at this stuff, when I'm talking to shop owners, of just kind of breaking down the numbers to allow yourself to make better decisions. There is sometimes where I go down through and I say this, this, or that, but it's never going to be something where it's like, this is what you need to do. This is the only way to do it. There's times where I might chime in, hey, if I was in your shoes, this is what I would do. But these are all opinions, right? This is the beauty of being self-employed and sometimes one of the hard parts about it, right or wrong, it's your choice. You can stand by it, you can do whatever you want. You can argue up and down that everyone else is doing it the wrong way and maybe they are. This is the beauty of working for yourself. Speaking about working for yourself, does it feel like sometimes they are only you there because it's so hard to find techs? It's so hard to find service advisors? Newsflash, it is hard to find anyone. And I've talked to people all different industries. You know, even for my business, um, I have an accounting firm, as you might have heard, and we have used recruiters in the past and we don't really use them that much. haven't had the best luck with a couple of them. And also what we do is a little bit unique. So the person we're looking for is, we're very select about the team that we have. Obviously, you got to know your stuff. You got to be experienced on this, but let's be real. We're spending 40 hours a week on average with this person. It's got to be someone that we get along with that can fit in our culture. And a lot of you guys are thinking the same thing, but every single year that's gone by and COVID releases really seem to have magnified this a great deal. It's becoming harder and harder and harder to find good qualified help. This next one, where we're going to kind of go down through the opportunity costs is talking about recruiters and specifically this is all kind of stemming from talking to one of my clients and we had this kind of back and forth discussion on this where they kind of argued, we'll see in a second. That kind of gave them a different way to look at it. Now, did it change their mind? Did they end up going with it? Eh, I'm not sure. I think time will tell on this, but I think it's an exercise that is very important to you and especially the labor shortage aspect is probably going to hit pretty close to home. NapaTrax was built from the ground up to make your business more profitable and efficient. They provide an extensive set of tools to increase and track profitability in real time. NapaTrax offers the industry's best wholesale support hands down. They train your people on-site. Yes, on-site. They also offer remote refresher training 10 times a week and customer support is open six days a week. Give them a call, visit them, or join our Facebook community today to learn more. They'll prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. NapaTrax is always customized and tailored for your business, whether you're a one-man shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Visit us on the web at napatrax.com. That's n-a-p-a-t-r-a-c-s.com. Is your recruitment process draining your valuable time and resources? What if there was a partner who could take your recruitment efforts off your plate? Look no further. Promotive is your ultimate solution for hassle-free staffing focused solely on the automotive industry. On the web at gopromotive.com. Promotive understands the challenges you face when searching for the perfect technician or service advisor for your shop. That's why we've developed a platform that takes the hassle out of recruiting. Michelle Tanzi from EuroClinic said, I am a shop owner and recruiting new talent is so time-consuming. Promotive does the majority of the seeking and recruiting. They reach out to the candidates for you and when they feel they are a good match for you and culture, they make the connection. They follow up throughout the interview process and we make sure that the candidates are a good fit and the shop is a good fit for the candidates. I admire that they genuinely want both parties to win. They recruited and paired us with a solid B-Tech and Master Tech. Both left a dealership position and are still part of our team. We are very happy with the character and culture match, and both technicians have become valuable team members. Visit our website at gopromotive.com today and join the growing community of shop owners who have found their ideal team members with Promotive. This is a new one to your world, but in a labor market that's getting tighter by the minute, a lot of shops are looking for an edge in landing talent and have turned to hired guns like our wonderful sponsor, Promotive, to handle the heavy lifting of recruiting and hiring. Promotive is a recruiting company. They only do automotive. Are there other companies out there that do recruiting for automotive? Sure. I'm sure there are. This is the one that I know very well and actually have had a number of listeners use them. Clients use them and have enjoyed their work and again i'm always going to plug the people that support me i'm also going to plug the people that i believe in because i feel that i have an obligation to let you know things i like things that i don't like and i'm never going to stand by someone if i don't believe in what they do even if they sponsor my podcast and so when joelle came on board who was the owner of promotive her reputation kind of preceded her i know a lot of people that had used her in the past i was super excited because this is something that a lot of people need, and I'm glad to be able to get this out there to people because, like I said, over the last couple of weeks, I've had a handful of listeners reach out, start working with her as well. The whole idea comes into how much does it cost to hire a recruiter, but then the other side of it is how much does it cost you to not and leave that place open? Well, how much does a recruiter cost? And that's a pretty simple answer, but it's really only looking at one side of the equation. Remember, the opportunity cost is the cost of not doing something. So really what I want to dive into is, can you afford not to hire a recruiter? Like I said, I was talking to my client the other day, and like a lot of shops, it's just been a struggle with them as far as a revolving door of people. They've had people move, people quit, they've had to fire people, they've been looking for people, empty promises that people are going to come over, you name it. The cost of having the wrong person on your team or not having them all is massive. And it actually goes up every single hour, day, week that you don't have the right team in place. Even if you have the right headcount, if you do not have the right team, nothing else matters. And I can see some of you guys shaking your head right now because if you just don't have the right butts in the right seats, doesn't matter what you price, doesn't matter what you sell on this, it's never going to be as good as you can get it. So let's dive into this and see. And like I said, I cannot recommend Joelle and her team at Promotive enough. That being said, these are not her official prices. This is just an illustration of cost and how a lot of these so-called costs really don't cost much of anything at all. But the line that I got from my client when I talked about this, because, you know, I've heard for months that they are trying to find the right person. as so I was like, I don't know give Joelle a call. She can probably find you one. If that is the missing piece on it, then what are you waiting for? Why are you trying to do all of this stuff that is clearly not working on it? Just hire a professional. You can go out you could learn, you could take night class, you could Google stuff and you could do your own taxes, but I recommend you just hire an accountant. You can hire me, you can hire someone else, but there's a saying, the who, not the how. Why are you going to figure out how to do something? Find a trained professional and let them do it. Just the same thing that you tell to your clients. Hey, you know what? Probably not the best idea to try to go out there and time your own engine with no tools or experience. Let the professionals handle this. Overview of the shop is it's a good shop. Does, you know, depending on the people in place, a million, million and a half a year. And it's been kind of all over the place. Up, down, $75,000 a month, $160,000, right? You name it. Labor rates around $150 an hour, ARO around 1000 and they literally have more work than they know what to do with. Like how much work? The last two months when I'm looking at some of their job tracking, they've sold twice as much work as they've been able to get out of the shop, right? So they got a massive backlog and really a great opportunity for a Eurotechnician looking for a good place to work because everyone says it, oh, it's many hours as you want there. Come on in. We got many hours as you want. You go in there and what happens? Oh man, as soon as you came in, it got slow, right? It's like when you go fishing, you ask the captain, oh, they were biting last week. It's like, yeah, they always are. And obviously, if you have no demand, no backlog, being short a guy is probably a good thing, right? If anything, it's not a huge deal. But when you have people looking to pay you and have already committed to pay you and you just can't get it out the door, that's probably the most frustrating thing in the entire world for you and for your customers. And i have seen people talk about this all the time. Hey, if you're booked out that far, just hire someone else. All right. It's not the easiest thing in the world. Even a recruiter isn't a wizard. There's certain markets that are just really, really tough. And also, you got to be a little bit self-reflective here. Hey, is your shop attracting top talent? Most anyone around town has their pick of what shop they chose to work with. So the people in your building have chosen you, treat them accordingly, and the same thing, hey, I can't find the right people to come in there, or I get people and they don't ever show up. Some of this might be on you. But again, professionals will guide you on that. Professionals will say, hey, you know what? The amount of money you want to pay is not attracting the kind of people that you want. So if you want that guy, you might need to increase your rates, or you might want to offer a retirement plan, health insurance, right? They can get a pretty good read on who you're losing out this top talent to. So this client came back to me, like I said, and said, I can't afford a recruiter. right? Money is already tight. I'm starting to set off the alarm bells here. The last thing that I can do is commit to paying more money. And honestly, I said to them, I do not think that you can afford not to giving you a year, giving you two years to try and do this on your own. And it really has been kind of going on that long, maybe not to this level, but you know, up and down. And it's like, all right, you gave a fair shot, right? You did the Indeed, you did the you know, phone a friend, however they were doing it. And it's not working. Just like that customer that went and they tried to mess with that car themselves. And finally they're like, this isn't right. And they drag it into your shop. Why would I say you cannot afford not to do this, right? That doesn't really make much sense. Or maybe you think that that is just an off-the-cuff remark of, oh, you can't afford not to do that, where it's just more emotional. It's not tangible. It's not actually based in financial reality. And this couldn't be farther from the truth. I mean, literally, you cannot afford to not hire a recruiter. Unless you're a very effective recruiter and you can get help on your own, you cannot afford to not have that butt in that seat, period. Now let's go through this and I'm going to do this in a way that you can do this for your own shop, but I think just this will probably give you enough of an idea. So like I said before, this guy's got about $150 an hour labor rate, so let's say it's a decent tech, but not a rock star, and they're going to flag us about six hours a day. The cost of not having that person in a bay is around $900 a day, right? Not around $900 for this hypothetical situation. If they're only expecting to flag six hours, it's costing me $900. Now, if you think you're getting that unicorn that's going to flag you 10, you know, this is going to be even worse for you. But Hunt, what about the cost of that tech, right? It's not all profit. Well, okay, great. Let's say he's a rock star, you know, just doesn't produce like one. We pay him 50 bucks an hour. So it doesn't actually cost us 900 to not have him in there, but still costs us 600. Six hours times 50 is 300 bucks. So instead of missing on $900 in sales and ultimately profit, we're still missing on a 600 bucks. But don't forget here, when we're selling labor, we're probably selling some parts on this as well, which is probably another 400 bucks or so. So the cost of not having a tech for a day is around $1,000. Higher, lower than what you thought, right on point? I don't know, right? I'm not even sure if you've ever looked at it this way. But it gets worse. This would only be if you had a tech, walk away, quit, get fired just at the end of the day and not having them lost you $1,000, even if we replaced them the following day seems pretty massive. To put it in perspective, if someone came to you and says, hey, I want an extra $50 or 50 cents an hour, and you're like, no way. I'm not going to do it. It's going to cost me an extra $1,000 a year. Just remember, if that person walks out the door tomorrow and you don't replace them for three days, you could have given them that raise for two years and been in the same place. If you didn't get to the point, let's look at a week. That's $5,000. 6000 if you're open on Saturdays. Don't have a tech for a month? More like $20,000 or so. Now, I'm fairly sure you get the point. Let's look at what a recruiter would cost and why we were so concerned about that that we couldn't afford them. To illustrate this, look at the tale of two shops. One of them is the shop that doesn't think that they can afford a recruiter and one that knows that they cannot afford not to. Again, remember these prices are made up. And honestly, I used my cost of what we had to pay a recruiter when we hired a tax preparer. So we hired a tax preparer, the cost of that person was we had to pay them 20% of their first year salary immediately upfront before they even started on there. Now, there was guarantees on, hey, if they quit, whatever. Yeah, like I said, wasn't super blown away by it. Yeah, longer story on that. That could be a whole nother episode. But anyways, running average is around 20% of first year's pay. Now, what are Joel's rates? How do they work it out? How do other recruiters do it? I don't know, but I'm going to argue that it's actually cheaper than that. And most of these don't make you do it upfront. They'll actually let you pay it as Joel does over time so you can say, hey, this might actually cost you anything at all because they're going to let you pay them when you have that new person in there and they're actually generating you sales and profit. Shop A says that they cannot afford a recruiter. Like we said before, they spend a better part of three months and they finally, after three months, land the right person. They're pumped because they're like, you know what? It was the spring. It was the winter. It was the fall. It wasn't really our busy time on that. And it took some time, but after three months, we finally landed that unicorn we've been looking for, right? He can do Mercedes, motorcycles, and RVs, right? Whatever it is. Shop B decided that they had no time to lose and never was down a person. When they found out that the tech was moving in six weeks, they instantly hired a recruiter to make sure that they were never down a person. And let's say that we're hiring a well-paid technician that can make $100,000 a year, and the recruiter fee is going to be 20%. Remember, my rate, not your rate. So the cost is going to be around $20,000. You might be thinking to yourself, holy cow, I would never pay $20,000 to get a technician to walk in there. And even if you're not at the point where you're ready to go to a recruiter, maybe this is changing your mindset on, hey, you are very quick to go out and spend a bunch of money on advertising to get customers in. Why are you so gun shy about bringing a technician? If you don't have technicians, who cares how many customers you have? It's not going to be a good time for you. So like we talked about before, the cost of not having that person is roughly around $20,000 a month. If we're comparing the tail of two shops after month one, we're about even because shop A or shop one did not hire a recruiter, but their cost was zero. Their opportunity cost was 20000 The recruiter on the other side, we know that we had to pay them $20,000. And in this case, I'm just going to assume that we're paying them $20,000 day one when they start. So at the end of month one, shop B, shop two is probably tied, right? Because neither of them have really any profit from this. Shop A has no profit because they had no sales. Shop B has no profit because all the profit that that nation made went to the recruiter. Now, month two, shop number A or shop A still has no sales, right? We don't have anyone there. Shop two has $20,000 in profit, right? There's $20,000 in gross profit. This is not sales. This is money in their pocket. Remember, month one, we already paid the recruiter. So month two, now we got $20,000 in our pocket. Month three, shop A, still no person. Shop B, another 20 grand. So we get to month, just after month three, the first day of month four, shop A is pumped. They got that new person in the door. Why is shop B laughing? Because they were already there, right? They already got a $40,000 head start and they already spent an extra $20,000 that shop A did not. This is why this is so important. And you can see, There's plenty of people out there that have gone on to better parts of six months, eight months, even a year of not having the right people in there. You probably can look at your numbers. You can look at your financials. Maybe it was big enough to mess with your end of year, but you can look at different periods, different months and stuff like that where you have this revolving door and you can see that dip in profitability, dip in sales, dip in cash. You might not have been able to quantify it, but a lot of times when I look at financials, it's like, yeah. You didn't have the right people in the right seats. So I'm not even going to judge these numbers because of course it looks like junk. You didn't have the right people there. How can you be productive if you don't have the right people? And one of the biggest keys to profitability in this industry is productivity. And also, at the end of the day, you can't fix cars if you don't have anyone there to fix cars. So just as important as it is to have cars in a door and car count and advertising, what's that if you don't have anyone there to actually do the work? This right here is why I said that most shops cannot afford to not have a recruiter. If you have the work and you cannot seem to get the right team in place. And this is an extreme example, but maybe not for a lot of people, honestly. But you can follow along with the cost of having the wrong people in your shop. And it might not be as drastic as having no one in the shop. But having the wrong people or letting someone that is not performing up to spec is still costing you money. Maybe it's not $20,000 a month. Maybe it's $5,000, $10,000. There is a tangible value to all of that. Like I said, does this mean I am forcing you? And I'm saying if you do not hire a recruiter, if you try to do this on your own, you are not going to make any money. You're never going to find someone and you're not allowed to listen anymore. No, obviously not at all. But like I said, it just really kind of irked me a little bit when this Trump truly thought that they could not afford to hire a recruiter. And I just sometimes have to play devil's advocate to say, hey, you can still make the decision. And this is a decision that you need to live with at the end of the day. I just want to make sure that you have all the tools at your disposal to make the right decision, and not emotionally, based in reality, based in numbers, and hopefully well thought out. Opportunity is everywhere, and honestly, like I said before, if you really start looking into it, it's almost infinite, and there's almost always something more profitable that you should be doing. Biggest thing here is don't be short-sighted. Look at the big picture, ask questions, do your research. This will always work better than going with your gut. Please share with friends. If you have any questions, comments, or ideas for future episodes, please shoot me an email at podcast at parmelis.com. Thanks again for listening on the Aftermarket Radio Network. You can find all shows on the aftermarketradionetwork.com and on your favorite podcast listening app. So thanks again for joining me on Business by the Numbers. Stay safe out there, and I will talk to you all next week. You've been listening to Business by the Numbers with Hunt Demarest on the Aftermarket Radio Network. Follow Hunt on your favorite podcast listening app. Let him know what you'd like him to cover. His email is in the show notes. Hunt is all for Advancing the Aftermarket.